Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. You know what that means? You're listening to The Mystery of Parenthood, and um, I'm Trey Cashin, and I'm happily joined by my wife, Stephanie, and we're going to begin, as we always do, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. And grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Good morning. You have joined um, Red Sea Catholic Radio with the Mystery of Parenthood, and uh, that is KEDC 88.5 in the Brazos Valley, FM 88.5. In Central Texas, it's KYAR 98.3. And in Palestine, that's KINF 107.9 FM. And that's a lot of numbers and Alphabet letters. Alphabet soup. <laughs> there we go. Yay, Red Sea Radio. We uh, are Red Sea Catholic Radio. We are, all right. we are we, spreading out. We are joined by uh, Thaddeus as well. Howdy. Good morning, Trey and Stephanie. So good to have you both in the studio. It is I always love, fun. I love you guys. We had fun. <laughs> we love you. And and we have we've had so much fun. We just we haven't spoken together in a long time. Yeah, you had an uh, exciting weekend, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We <laughs> we had a great time. I think it was neat. Madison, you know, our number two was there, and one of her friends, and actually Taylor. We didn't know Taylor was going to be there, but Taylor was in a booth. Taylor Schroll, Taylor Schroll. host of Forte Catholic Forte on Catholic. Catholic. Red Sea Catholic Radio. That's yeah, right. so. Um, the big time. Was so was Madison there? Was she there she was for just, you guys to do to some like live demo and reenactments <laughs> right. of, of things? Yeah, you know, it's always scary when funny. you're talking about parenting and you have one of your children. Does she the stand audience. up in the audience and say, <laughs> uh, no, 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 it actually didn't go down that I way? Did not know. What? Well, yeah. yeah, what was really neat, I thought, was after, um, after our talk, uh, she said that uh, she goes, Wow, you know, all those stories and stuff you were telling, like, I remember that and I remember doing that. I just never knew kind of sometimes why y'all had done what you had done. <laughs> yeah, which was, was neat. kind of cool. Because the first thing I asked was, I was like, so did, you, did we do that? I mean, like, because I mean. Do you remember that? We, <laughs> we remember doing it. But I mean, uh, you know, if y'all are the main reason that we were doing it, do you remember doing it? And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember it. I just didn't. I never knew why. And <laughs> and so I said, so there was a there was a uh, purpose to her 
Well, the backstory. Man, that's it's what the she backstory. Said. The I backstory. didn't know the backstory. Yeah, so it was backstory. kind of fun for her to for for me to hear that. And 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 I told her she goes, you know, I've heard you speak a bunch, Dad. It's been a long time since I've heard you both speak. And she goes, man, Mom is really good. I said, yeah, she's way better than I am. <laughs> I mean, and, and I had lots of people praying for me because I said, I'm coming. Be, I'm coming from behind the radio iron curtain. <laughs> it's really easy behind the radio iron curtain. Now I'm coming out. <laughs> but it, it was it was actually a lot of fun. And, and um, yeah, if you ever have the opportunity to go to a together in holiness, um, put on by John Paul II Foundations for Family. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. I don't have it in front of The John Paul II Sorry. Foundation. Yeah, yeah. yeah the John yeah, Paul II it's... Foundation with okay. Arlen Nichols, who we who yeah, would have just been a on student. the start, was a yeah. student from here. Yeah. It's first class. It's done really well. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, Stephanie, I walk out there going, hey, we need to go to one of these. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, they had, really and, and uh, we Mass, talked. We, they had 13 priests hearing confession. I mean, this that's is, awesome. And yeah. they had, and the $5 a kid, babysitting the whole time it looked yeah. like they were having fun yeah. so i mean i the really kids had were, an opportunity to so, be together as a couple did and, y'all get to yeah. see uh bishop strickland oh we did, listened to we did we listen did. to bishop strickland we did He's he great. was i mean they were motoring him to because he was speaking there and then he was speaking in the after so we left because stuff with with madison we left we got a picture with him deacon haroldberg sivers was coming but we didn't get to meet him. I've never met him before. That's too bad. But, yeah. but um, I've, well, I've heard followed, him speak very we much. We followed Bishop Strickland. So we were there and got to hear his talk. Yeah. So he was great. He was, great. he was great. Funny. He's funny. Yeah. Very dynamic. Yeah. And, and uh, so anyway, I, yeah. I, 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 we're humbled that we were able to do it. But, I, you know, as we went through it, I mean, I think we just did a show recently like, on kind of an overview of what we're going to talk about with regard to, you know, setting your families ablaze. But as we went through and looked at the, at, worked on the talk itself, I think there were some practical things to put in. So on, you know, that what we used and y'all, I think y'all recently heard this, um, that fire was the acronym we were using for, to help us remember the things that we need to do. Um, the things that we need to do to set our families ablaze. And the purpose is I don't think I use this in the in that is that one of our favorite um, one of our favorite masses to attend is the um, Easter Vigil Mass, and that 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 mass has a symbol at the very beginning where the light you know where the light of Christ uh, represented by uh, the Easter candle um, is lit, and then small candles are lit from that and then those things are passed out in a dark church until the church goes from from pitch black to lit because everybody has their candle lit and what we were thinking was really important was to understand that if if each family and as i looked at that conference we were talking i said if i mean if each of us would just make the effort with the help of God's grace to try to set our own families afire, ablaze, that that we could bring light to this dark world. We're not responsible for the light that's that's Christ. We're responsible for allowing his grace to come and delight our families on fire. And then if everybody just takes that as their charge, that we could 
have an impact on the culture. When we get to integration, which I don't think we'll get to, I think we'll just do the, the four, well, we're going to do maybe four shows. It depends on how much, but the integration one, which is the eye and fire. So that's fire, as I'll recall again, faith, integration is I, R is relationship, and E is evangelization. And that those are the kind of the tent posts or the the names that we need to remember to kind of help point us this the direction of how do we set our families ablaze. The other thing that I thought was really important that, it, that as I was thinking about it, it is Christ's holiness that, that is setting us ablaze, but the way it looks is always going to be different from family to family because of, of different gifts and talents. Every family, as John Paul II says, is unique and unrepeatable. And he says, just as he says to us as individuals, he says, family, become who you are. So you're meant to look at you know, what gifts and talents do we have? What are our personalities, our temperaments? What are we being called to? And then just allow the Holy Spirit, allow God, allow his grace to, through faith, integration, relationships, and evangelization, allow it to set your family on fire so that your unique and unrepeatable family can actually be something that people look to if that makes sense. So that's a long time to frame, but you know, it's me. So it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, <laughs> It's it's okay. Um, question. And I don't want this to be too much of a, you know, egg heady question or kind of a nerdy question, but as you were laying out fire, it made me want to know, did, do y'all see fire? Is it sort of overarching the seven secrets Oh. Or is it sort of alongside it, or is well, it part actually, of one of them? You'll actually hear the, the fire. I think that you'll actually hear, even in this one, you'll hear um, reference to them. So I think that that the seven secrets are the, are the I think, are the maybe the more practical application. So like the tactics the, of the, the strategy. Mm-hmm. The, the strategy. So, mm-hmm. so I guess fire would be at the top kind of over it, you know, I just it, it, that setting yourself on fire, but then there's a particular way that you do it. And those seven secrets you'll actually hear, nice. I think in, nice. in this, and in particularly in this first one, which I think we'll probably just be able to get through faith today. Um, and if that's the case, you'll, you'll notice at least one or two of those, of those, um, Seven secrets awesome. mentioned in it. All right, so yeah, I'm excited. That's a great. No, but that's great. That's not an egghead question. That's a good one because at some point, I guess you know, we should actually make sense. <laughs> <laughs> like so, we're just pulling stuff out of nowhere. I mean, so so if we, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this this is but but this is the beauty of the Catholic faith because just you know, having had our our talk already prepared and sitting there listening to Father Strickland before us, there were so many things that he said that we were actually able to say, yeah, when he talked about the, you know, I mean, oh, that's it awesome. just all, it, it's just like such a beautiful onion that just continues to unfold. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the great thing is, is the truth is the truth. And so when, you know, when you stick to the truth, it, it's, it's, it's consistent. Right. I mean, and I, it's consistent. And I think that, I think that that's important to remember with regard to fire or even the seven secrets in reference to the fact that everybody's unique and unrepeatable, we've always tried to say, okay, we're going to give you tactics. It's going to look different. It's going to sound different coming from your mouth than it comes from mine. It, it It's going to be different, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that these we've always tried, because that's what we tried to do ourselves, is say 
there are some principles we're going to try to follow that we're going to attempt to go after keeping consistent with those, knowing that what Stephanie and the way it comes out of Stephanie's mouth is going to be different than mine. But if we can stay on target together, this is what's important, then that's what we'll do. It'll look different in the Romanski household. It'll look different yeah. in, in, in everyone. I mean, but but, but I think the, the principles are yeah. are solid that you can. So I want something that can be transferred from family to family that will challenge them, maybe help them and guide them, but will necessarily say it's got to be yours. It's not ours. This is just our way of articulating it right. to help you to help yeah. teach it. But you got to take it and run with it. Well, and hopefully something we say, something we say, or some idea that we have, um, you're able to take and tweak and use for your own family in your own unique way. I, I think you know. I always try to remember to remind people. Remember to remind people um, that um, yeah. that it you know it your families are unique and unrepeatable. And the worst thing that we can do is compare ourselves to other families and try to do and be who they are, because then we're leaving that void of, you know, you know, like um, St. John Paul II said that, you know, to be who you are, if we're trying to be the Romanskis, then we're not being the Cashins and there's a hole and a mission that's left undone. Um, and so, um, just, yeah, it's just be encouraged. Um, I, I think that we ought to use one another as, um, you know, as accountability and as, um, as sounding boards and, you know, as idea takers and copiers, but pray and make it, make it your family's. Every own. family is unique and unrepeatable, exactly. just like every person. Exactly. That's John Paul II says, says as much. And exactly. so, I, so exactly. be who you are and, and we hope that. This acronym and the set, you know, the four in the acronym and the and the stuff that we're going to go through today with regard to the first one, which is faith, are things that you can take and apply, commit to, and then add that to the equation, and then we'll get we'll get to I. But, but I guess where that that's are. where that idea of a family coat of arms could could be cool because that that does help. You know, make the uh, you make do, that point. It's you, a fun way of making it mm-hmm. right. I think I think I think that those are all. Excellent. What you want to do is communicate as parents with your kids the same thing. We're we're not meant to be the Romanskis. We're meant to be the Cashins. We're not meant to be the Makas. We're not meant you know go down the list. We're not. We're meant to be us. And and the but I think that what we talk about today is something that everybody can take and say. Okay, if I apply that, then it'll help me become more who I am. So. Anyway. Yep. So we're going to start after reminding you that you're listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio, KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley. Um, So, yeah, so we're going to start with um, faith, which is, um, you know, kind of the one tray. And I kind of went back and forth, but we're obviously going to chime in together here. Um, It's it's easier on the radio. <laughs> it's a lot easier on the radio. I mean, really I mean, in front of people. Out. Yeah, it's mm. really hard speaking with someone in, in public. But the radio, for some reason, just lends itself to, to it's this. It's more easy. conversation. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Anyway, um, so faith. Let's start. Um, I, I started with um, Hebrews um, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval and it was interesting when I was looking at this chapter, actually, in preparing for this talk, I, I just was kind of 
um, breezing through the rest of the chapter and and saw something, you know, sometimes you see something that you've never seen before. I mean, or you've seen it before, but it speaks loudly to you. And it said, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death. By faith, Noah, warned by God about events as yet unseen, respected the warning and, and built an ark to save his household. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. And I kind of chuckled and laughed and stopped here because that sounded like parenthood to me. (laughs) Well, I know that's how it felt at the beginning. You made reference to that. Absolutely. I I can remember bringing that first baby home and thinking, oh my goodness, we're in charge of a soul, you know? We don't even know what we're doing. (laughs) But it is by faith that we are called to parent the children that God's blessed us with. And we do have that grace available to us. Um, You know, I know Trey and I a number of times over the years have said, oh, my God, we can't do this. We don't know what we're doing. Um, But we need to remember to call on that grace in the sacrament of our marriage. And I took a little rabbit trail on that because, you know, there was a a new audience. And um, I don't know if there's any new listeners out there, but I think it's so important for us to define sacrament. Um, I know growing up as a Louisiana cradle Catholic, um, uh, you know, I don't know that I ever really um, chewed on the the definition of, of what a sacrament is. I mean, as a cradle Catholic, uh, you know, you were baptized, you made your first communion, you made your confirmation, and then you got married or you became a nun. I mean, that was, you know, and in everything in Louisiana, when they said, let us pray, you made the sign of the cross. It was, you know, it was just, that was what it was. And it wasn't until Trey was working on his master's in theology and we were teaching our oldest son's second grade first communion class that he gave these kids this definition of sacrament. And I was like, hmm, wow. I mean, you know, and maybe I'm just a little behind. Well, I was. (laughs) I hope you you all are a lot more... (laughs) A lot of, you know, way ahead of me on the, on the journey, but I was like, wow, yeah. Like a sacrament is that invisible, is that visible sign of an invisible reality instituted by Christ to confer grace. It was kind of fun to look at that Madison as, as she was chuckling, <laughs> yeah. chuckling and mouthing it like, <laughs> yeah. all right, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it. because it I was, just said that it a was, million times. <laughs> she stands up, and says, come on people, <laughs> come, come on, on chime now. in. Yeah. Everybody now. <laughs> but, but, I, but, but I've always said that, and that's why the mystery of parenthood is called the mystery of parenthood, because the other word, the, the, the Greek word for the Latin term sacramentum is mysterion. And that's where we get sacrament and mystery is, is to tie into that fact that we are as parents meant to be a visible sign, you know, an outward sign. Our marriage is meant to be an outward sign to, to our children, but, but also to, to the world out there that, God is present in and through us. Right. And that we are. When we are at our best. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, and we're supposed to be that visible sign of God, the father um, who loves unconditionally, who is merciful, but who is also just. Um, And so just remember to call on that grace. You have, it's available there in the sacrament and, and um, who was it? Jim um, Beckman. Beckman, you know, really talked about that, about like literally 
audibly calling on that grace in in the sacrament of your marriage to to help you through um, help you through things. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but back in Hebrews in in chapter eleven verse three, it says, "By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen, what is visible, was made from things." that are invisible. And so there's that visible and invisible, um, you know, uh, in a sacrament. And then it goes on in, in verse six to say, without faith, it is impossible to please God for whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so, yeah, faith is, it's impossible. Like it says in the Bible, it's impossible without faith to please God. So faith is obviously the basis of everything that we do. If we want to please God, if we want to um, aim to have our family's lights in this, in this present darkness, if we aim to set the world on fire with the love of Christ, we must build our own faith um, in order to give it to our children because we can't give something um, that we don't have. And that's an ongoing challenge. That's not a, okay, get here and then you can give your children this. I mean, it is an ongoing journey for us all. Um, right. Never ending, never ending journey. Um, and uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, so I'm, we're going to, we're going to get to like some several ways to, to, to kind of put this in, in to play. And Steph's got some great uh, quotes on this, but one of the things I do want to point out is a Catholic understanding of faith is when the word faith is used, it can mean two things. It can mean, Faith as in trust, but it also can mean, then that would be called subjective faith, I guess, from if you were going to define it. And then faith, that means the faith as a noun, the, the, the teachings of the church, what has been revealed. And that's why it's so important because everything after this, integration, relationship, evangelization, stems from both of these happening. In other words, from from both an understanding of what the church teaches with regard to the faith, which includes trusting, and the flip side is of the trusting. And I think it's important as we go through this to begin with some things, and you'll see that they both that they both of those definitions, objective faith, the faith, and subjective faith, trusting, kind of the, the verb are both necessary to set your family on fire. So anyway, right. you had to, we're going to start with... Yeah, some practical ways. Um, reminding you that you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood on Red Sea Catholic Radio. All right. Um, so yeah, the number number one way is, is, is pray. Um, I mean, we, we have to have um, a prayer life. And that, I, I, I love to start with St. Therese's definition of prayer. Um, I'm doing a study. I'm reading a book of hers. Uh, my own, my favorites. I, oh, I know. Well, it's not of hers. It's uh, Father, Jacques, um, yeah, Jacques, Jacques, Jacques Philippe, Philippe. Um, The Way of Love and Trust. And uh, I know so, somebody else is reading that yeah, book. Yeah. So right. <laughs> another sweet That's mom one of my that favorites. I know. Yeah. yeah, one of Trey's favorites. Like yeah, she's too. one of my favorites, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's one of my favorites, too. <laughs> <laughs> but her definition of prayer, um, and she says, for me, and this is St. Therese talking, obviously, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple glance toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. 
And so it's just talking about that. I mean, that's just our relationship, our friendship with God. Um, you know, when we love someone and we want to get to know them, like really get to know them, you, you spend time with them, which I know, you know, is hard because you've got this invisible God. And so it's like, you know, what does this look like? How do I do this? And I think you just have to start, you know, you just have to have to pick away, um, and just start and just know too, that in that prayer life, you're going to have different seasons. There's, you know, there's the seasons of young motherhood. There's the seasons of, well, there's seasons of single life. There's a season of young motherhood. Um, you know, there's a, there's a season of, of when your children are, are in middle school. I mean, all of those different seasons with your different responsibilities, um, will probably make your prayer life, um, a little bit different. And I think I gave, um, I kind of gave an example of, um, of when I was a young mom. And I know we've talked about this before on the show about, you know, super frustrated with trying to get up before the kids and having some quality, quiet time. And, and, um, and I was really like really getting angry and frustrated about it. And, and I, you know, just one day, Holy Spirit kind of hit me and I, I call them Holy Spirit moments when you have this idea or this thought and you know, it's not your own. Right. <laughs> I always gave credit to the Holy Spirit. This um, was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I, you know, I thought, okay, God does not want me to be angry about this. I mean, what, you know, what, what am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Like, show me, you know? And, and that was when I had this Holy Spirit moment of, you know, you're supposed to be showing your children that you do pray and that, you know, so maybe, maybe you're not supposed to be getting up in silence and solitude and, and secret, you know, before your kids, maybe they're supposed to see you praying and what that looks like. Now, was that the most quality prayer time in my seasons of prayer life? No, but it gave me kind of a purpose. And, um, and that was when we did the little candles. I got, you know, every kid loves fire. And, you know, of course that's kind of scary, especially with two and three year olds. It's kind of fitting for the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Fire. laughs> um, and, but H-E-B and like, you know, I think even Walmart, I'm not, I know H-E-B for sure. Has some of the dollar stores. A dollar store. Yeah. Has those votive, those like really tall votive kind of candle things that are enclosed in glass. So if it got knocked over, you know, um, it, the fire you know, well, it never spread in our house. Let me just make that disclaimer. Um, but it is glass, so you do have to be careful. Don't put it someplace high. Um, but, you know, so the, the the whole point was that if your candle was lit, that was the sign to the family that you were having your quiet time and you were not to be disturbed. And this was time that you were trying to have, you know, with God. And so it was just really a cool picture. I mean, I can still see the kids spread out, you know, in the house, in the den with their little fires going and there, you know, the little ones maybe had picture books and, you know, the older ones had either saint books or their Bible or, you know, whatever they were reading or wanted to read. Um, I really didn't try to dictate a whole bunch about that time for them. Um, because it was, it was their, you know, it was their time. Um, and so I love in the catechism that in, in the catechism 2565, it says prayer is the living relationship of the children of God with their father, who is good beyond all measure with his son, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit. It is the habit of being in the presence of the thrice holy God and in communion with him. And how do we have communion with him? Through the grace of our baptism. There's that sacrament and that grace available again. So it's a habit. So it's just, you know, set aside that time, whatever's best for you, what it looks like for you, um, and know that that's, you know, that that can change. And if you're really busy, 
if you're really busy, one of my favorite books, and it was recommended to me by uh, now Bishop Mike says Father Father Mike at the time, mm-hmm. and it was one that I actually read in in um, spiritual theology and made a presentation on because it had such an impact. I went to Father Mike at the time, Bishop Mike says, and said, "I don't have time to pray, you know, and I, I don't have time to get the mass. I don't have to do all this." And he was like, "Have you, ever, you go read Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection?" Um. It, it's it's really just a gathering of letters. It's very small. I would highly recommend it to you because because he that that book he I think he was a Carmelite I believe, um, and he like had very menial tasks, and he talks about recognizing God in those moments. So placing yourself in the presence of God, not because so it's not God's around. <laughs> God's here. It's it's our being in the habit of recognizing his presence. So sometimes you just have to make yourself do that. And it was so timely for me because if you get busy, he always talked about, you know, as you're doing something, you can offer that in a moment. I used to, you know, set my in, my watch to ding every hour. That was one, something I had gleaned from it. Now, they weren't dinging watches back in the 1500s when it was written. But, but it gave me, you know, take time when you – begin anything or when you're about to end something to just take a moment and glance towards heaven. Lord, I'm about to do this. Help me to do it well. Help me to do it for your glory. And then go do it and do it well. And that that habit is not, you know, going and sitting in the, in the chapel, which is a great thing. But if you're a busy mom or a busy dad, the 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 likelihood depending on what you do that you have an hour to spend that's hard to do daily but you can do this all the time and i thought that was very helpful mm-hmm. to me and to understand that you know pray in short bursts pray audibly take moments you know when the when when you have reminders to just for a moment say Lord, thank you for this, or do whatever. I mean, I do weird things like I, if you ever see my gas, uh, if I go get gas for anybody, my that's always going to end in th- in in three similar numbers. So like, if it, it's not going to be on an even number, it's going to be, you know, thirty three, thirty four, something like that. And and that's always when I fill up gas, I'm going to say a quick prayer every time I fill up gas. Lord, I'd do this for you. It'd be nice to have a nice even number. <laughs> but but as, a, as a little bitty sacrifice, I'm going to make it an odd number so I can remember that you're a trinity. So the, th- the three things. So just, I mean, that's me. It's quirky. It's 33, strange, 33. You know, or whatever. That, what, I mean, it could be anything. But you'll, you know, you'll, you'll know if I get gas, that's my tickets. You know, who filled up? It's pretty easy to figure out. That was just something I added. So it, I'm not saying that that's what you need to do. I'm just saying think of things that you do regularly that you can say, okay, I'm going to make that into just a little moment that's going to make me remember to just say a quick prayer. Mm-hmm. And so, that, And that is, I mean, that is prayer. That's a, well, that's that's what, a glance. I mean, I think sometimes we try to make things so complicated, you know. Well, but, I don't have time to pray. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And speaking of books, one of the books that I loved when I was a young, busy mom was um, – it was actually, there was two different books. One of them is called Holiness, a Guide for Beginners. And the other one's called um, Holiness for Housewives. And uh, it was it there by Hubert Van Zeller. 
Yeah, very um, excellent. Yeah, excellent incredible. Books. Very small. Let me tell you something. If I finished a book a long time ago, it had to be small <laughs> and quick because I still struggle with that. Yeah, and it wasn't boring either. I mean, well, and it was just great just talking about the little things that you can make a prayer. Like, you know, that 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 an altar for a young mom is is her sink or her washing machine or, you know, that those are, I mean, it just really made practical um, the daily or the ordinary daily things that I had to complete. Now, you know, did I always remember to not gripe and offer yeah. that as a prayer? No, I did not. <laughs> but <laughs> at least it was a reminder that I could and should. <laughs> um, a question. I think we struggle in our house sometimes with um, not making prayer time be just one more chore that the kids feel like they have to do. You know, sometimes we, a lot of times we get great responses and, and great participation in family prayer at the end of the day, but inevitably, because we're human beings, there, there is groaning, wailing and gnashing of teeth <laughs> from time to time. And um, I'm just asking for, I think the the example you gave, Stephanie, of the, the prayer areas with the, the lights and you didn't give a lot of structure to it. I mean, that's certainly one way to to head off it being a chore, but just other practical tips for. Well, I think first, may that not happen. You may have some, but I, but but the reality is, is it's it's okay that sometimes it feels like a chore mm-hmm. because what it's a habit is a habit. Regard, it's not how I feel. I do it because I love somebody even though I don't really feel like it right now. Right. So there is something that's okay. You don't want it to be that way. That's not the goal. But at the same time, you there are things that you have to do as parents, I mean, as Christians that, that don't always feel like the best thing. So it can be a teaching moment for kids that get older to, to say, look, <laughs> you got to spend time. It's like we talk about time is an, is another thing that we talk about. We we say quality time is not something you manufacture typically. You got to spend the time doing it before the quality comes. You have to be there kind of to catch it when it happens. Well, I think prayer life is the same way. If you're waiting till you feel like it, you may miss the opportunity for it to actually have an impact on your life. So the, it's more important that it's a that, so that's not answering your question, but maybe Saying, questioning the premise of my question, which I think is important to do. Well, I think it's, I just think it's important to know that just because it doesn't feel yeah. good or doesn't feel right does not mean that you don't still make the time to, to do it or make it a habit to be done. Well, and I think, you know, that's a perfect opportunity to talk about what it means to offer things up because in life, you know, in the job that you have, in the person that you marry, you know, I mean, you know, in the relationships that you have with friends, you're not going to always feel like loving them. You're not going to always love every little aspect of your job or every, you know, and those are opportunities to offer that up and do it anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and, and, you know, kids are human just as we are that, you know, we, you know, sometimes we do it well and sometimes we grumble and complain. I mean, and, you know, but continuing to persevere, I think is what 
you know, um, just listen to this great podcast by Father Mike Schmitz about um, failure as feedback. And um, he did a, I think it was a four point series. I haven't listened to all four. I've only listened to two of them, but oh my goodness, it was just incredible. And he talked about, you know, that successful people fail a lot. The difference between people who are successful and, and people that are not is that they turn, they, they persevere through their failures. They continue to go. I love the story he tells about, um, uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin, that, that, you know, somebody said, Oh my goodness, you know, said to him, I mean, or you, Thomas you, Edison I don't or know. Thomas Edison. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Edison. You, 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 you know, what did it feel like to fail 995,000 times, you know, before you finally figured out, you know, what the light, you know, that the, how to make the light bulb be a light bulb, you know? And he, they said that he just looked at them very perplexed and was like, his response was, well, I didn't fail 995,000 times. I, I found 995,000 ways that you don't make a light bulb. I mean, it's feedback. Yeah, it was feedback and not, not failure, you know? So I think, so I think you may want to find everybody, if you have any prayer life, there are things that change. So you might want to try something different, you know, like a, like, I mean, it could be, you know, sometimes you could just have a, a picture and just have them meditate on a picture, you know, maybe of Christ crucified or an event, or it could be, um, I mean, so if this isn't working or they're doing the same thing over and over, you know, teach them, you know, how, how to pray and that to expect God to talk. It doesn't, it's not nearly as boring if you don't look at it as a, I'm doing my homework <laughs> as if, okay, God's going to speak to me. So what is he going to, how's he going to speak to me? Mm. This is like in Lexio Divina, you know, where you, where you read it and is there a word that jumps out? Okay, what is that word? What does it what does it mean? And they go back and read slowly, maybe on that line, and then ask God, what does that do? Because you just said it, faith. God rewards those who seek, seek him. Who mm-hmm. seek him. So seek him and seek what he has for you. So Yeah, I think changing it up is is a great, you know, um and 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 making it fun. I mean, I can remember when we used to do the um stations of the cross, um uh that you know, during Easter time and, 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 and Lent and, and we would line up these beautiful pictures that we had gotten from our father's house. I believe, I can't remember where we got these pictures, but they were gorgeous, but we turned the lights out and we put a flashlight on, you know, Mm -hmm. the different, you know, the different station as we did it. So it's like, you know, I love my friend Sonia drawback is always, always saying holiness should be fun. And you know, it should be, it should, it's not always sackcloth and ashes, you know, um, that, that yeah, and God, it may not always be fun, but yeah, it's but it's, it's it a relationship. Be. It could be. <laughs> I mean, it's a relationship. The reality is, yeah. is a relationship with God, with particularly since we're involved in it as humans. It, there are going to be great times, high moments, low times, times when we don't feel like it. The the the, the reality is that in any relationship, we've got to make time for the other. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I, we were talking about prayer. I'm going to sk- skip through it, but I would I would say pray frequently in short bursts. Find those little taglines that make you think of it, whether it's doing a phone, I mean, doing a when you fill up with gas or whatever. We we've talked about praying specifically before, but let's let's go past that. We can talk about that another time, and then um, and then make sure to pray as Jesus taught. So make sure your kids do know the Our Father, the Hail Mary, mm-hmm. and, and those things because those all actually teach things because they're things that the church has handed on. So, I mean, spontaneous prayer is important and is good, but it can't just be that. 
you you when you hear the Our Father, it's actually teaching doctrine in addition to communicating that. So make sure that they understand those and recognize that. So right. before we got, and this is one that that um we'll go. Uh, second thing after prayer on faith is to read, watch, and tell stories, and that's one of the, the one of the one of the seven secrets with regard to that. And so. I think it's really important, and I have this one up here, Romans ten seventeen, and I'm going to let Stephanie go from here, but 10, Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes f- by the preaching of Christ. And so there is something about hearing a story <laughs> that matters, and we all kind of know that. We mm-hmm. like to hear stories. Yeah, we love stories. Everybody loves stories. Everybody loves story. stories. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, Read, watch, and tell stories. So I don't, you know, what... Yeah, so we talked about, you know, I mean, obviously being in the Bible, um, that's God's love story, you know, with us. And it reveals who he is. So it's so important um, to, to obviously be in, 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 in inundate our children with Bible stories. And, you know, what we need to remember is to make sure that they're age appropriate. I mean, we had um, little cartoon Bibles when the kids were little. Um, it actually wasn't a quote unquote Catholic Bible. Um, but it was the stories in their words with pictures that were engaging. And, um, I mean, we, I can still remember Trevor, our oldest to this day when he was probably between two and three years old. I mean, and that Bible still to this day opens to the story of David and Goliath because that was his absolute favorite. And he had us read it over and over and over again. (laughs) And he could paraphrase and he would turn the pages at the right time. And he wasn't reading word for word, but it was so precious to hear him tell that story and get to the part, you know, part where David says, this battle is the Lord's. And, you know, so, um, you want to, you know, you want to pour that's a pitching pennies that Trey always talks about, you know, just these little, um, you know, pennies one by one. Um, I came upstairs the other night and my oldest child was reading the saints book to his awesome. youngest brother, his three-year-old brother. Yeah. Not even, wasn't even asked to, to do that. He yeah. just asked to go read some something That's with awesome. his story, his yeah. brother, and he he picked out the saints book. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Those are those are those moments. And they get to know like, God through that, and that Absolutely. God intervenes in in things. So you, you you have to have them understand the stories and know the stories. We as Catholics should be the best at that. I remember the first time that I went to go see Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know the story. What a great story. And one of my favorite cartoon movies ever is the same people that made Prince of Egypt, which is the more famous of the two. Mm-hmm. But um, Joseph, King of Dreams, mm-hmm. if you can find it, actually Madison told me it's on Netflix now, but Joseph, King of Dreams is a great one to, to go learn that story. But we as Catholics should know those stories um, because they're the story of the God who ended up sending <laughs> uh, or, or coming to be one of us. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, you know, all these different things, I'm, I was excited to hear that veggie tales is still a thing. We, we loved veggie tales growing up. The kids loved veggie tales. And then now that they're older, we've moved them into movies like the passion. I mean, obviously that is a, that is for an older child. Um, you yeah. Know. You want to be age appropriate. Yes, exactly. Right. So the, be absolutely be age appropriate. But you can find the robe. There's all kinds yeah. of yeah, movies. You kind can of go really interesting Ben-Hur, movies, yeah. Ben-Hur, yeah. all yeah. those Ben types. commandments. So, 
saint DVDs, books. Mm-hmm. We loved um, the Encounter the Saint series um, mm-hmm. uh, along the path of the gospel, which I think, unfortunately, is out of print because um, I only got three or four Qu- of those. Qu- those were very... Little quick aside, there's a there's the Catholic show podcast and they did a, um, a t- 12 movies, 12 Catholic movies oh, wow. recently. Oh, wow. oh cool. <laughs> they put, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> they put as the end of it, they put Nacho Libre down as a as a Catholic movie. <laughs> never seen it. OK, um, I had never seen it either. And, and there's, you know, I mean, you could maybe argue it. Well, but, so, um, but Father Father Barron, Father Barron, I mean Bishop <laughs> Barron, I know is a big movie and TV yes. thing, and so you can do. And what's cool about him is that he'll challenge you to find. So somebody he'll he'll put you in front of like really, you know, like have you seen it? But yeah. then you go hear him, and that's why it's really important to recognize that there are things in movies that you may initially say oh, I would never do that, but if you can frame it and if you watch it with them. And can help them say, okay, this is why this is important. Then that's it. You know, Dead Man Walking has got some horrible scenes in it. But I've always said, until you watch somebody who's standing up for somebody who did something as badly as that, and is can look a parent who lost their child in this murder to this person, saying, "We've got to get someplace where we can forgive this person." And that we need this person to admit that what they've done. And so there's so much Catholic in it. It was a Catholic nun, a true story. But but it's like you can't really tell the story well enough to to realize how horrific it is and how big a deal it was that this lady spent her whole time trying to get this guy to admit to what he had done. Because she knew as a Catholic person that that was consistent. And so right before he dies, after he's done it, he he admits that he did it and then asked for forgiveness right before he gets electrocuted, but he's, he's sad, but it's the first time during all this time that that happens. So anyway, do not go put that on without having seen it yourself. I'm just saying, yeah, sometimes challenge yourself to see that even in the bad, some bad things that might be worth watching if it's watched together and you have some foreknowledge of it and how you're going to frame it. Well, so. and I think that, that the important thing that you're pulling out here is that you're engaging, you're engaging with your children. You're asking questions. You're, you know, um, I mean, even with the, you know, fun little basic, you know, call, what I call basic Bible stories, like parting of the Red Sea. And you know? I mean, to ask your kids to put themselves in, you know, in and, those scenarios and in those um, situations and, and, um, Look at how pull extract from that where you know God's provision and protection and love and 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 bring it to today because God is still protecting, He's still um, providing, He's still loving us, and we have to help them make those connections in these stories. Um, and so, and then your own stories. I mean, you know, I think it's so so important um, that that you as a couple, if you've never done this, go sit down and try to do a timeline of your family, like important events in your family's life and look at how God has woven together things. And, you know, I, I mean, I, that's one of the coolest things, frankly, about being older is, is being able to look back and go, Oh my gosh, look at, I mean, I like, look at my husband's, all the different jobs, the different jobs he's had that have gotten him to where he is today. And every single one of them gave him a different skill and a different piece um, to make him the successful person that he is today, both in, you know, in his business, but also in, in, I mean, if you can believe this, he was deathly afraid of speaking in front of people. Like he 
did not like to speak in front of people. But being a teacher for four years was gave him and the that only skill. Reason I, wanted, I, mean, I had a desire to be a football coach, and I was badly yeah. enough to say I'll confront this. So it's a, that's why you tell a story about that and yeah. tell your kids, look, you know, you don't know what God, if he's put a desire in your heart, if you follow it, it may not be what you think the answer is. It, it, and it wasn't. It wasn't for me to be the head coach at, you know, at the University of Miami or something like that. I mean, it was it was it was to be the head coach of, or at least assistant coach of the of the, ca- of the cash in, of the cash in household. I mean, but but, but I say right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Position coach. Yeah, right. Position coach. Yeah. So anyway, but, but I think it's so important that you you tell these stories and 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 um I, I know one of the sweetest. Um, sweetest examples of of kind of the outcome of that for us was was Sweet Kingsley several years ago, um, sophomore in high school, I guess, was writing was doing a project, writing a a paper on her grandmother Trey's mom, who we lost um, at a very young age, and um, and she had written this beautiful poem, and she had already done it with her characteristics, and there was all this great information in in this po- poem about about her, and she was you know, working with us to kind of, um, edit it and whatnot. And, and she so sweetly looked at us and said, well, so wait, how old was I when Mamu, when we, they called her Mamu, how old was I when Mamu died? And I mean, I can remember Trey and I looking at each other and then looking at her and going, sweetheart, she died two and a half years before you were born. But we told so many stories about her and about who she is and what she stood for, which is, like that's what we should be doing with God, you know, and our children, because he wants that intimate personal relationship with our kids. And if they know him and, and love him, then they, you know, they'll be like, what, you know, I mean, they own that relationship with him just like Kingsley did with their grandmother. That is so important. I think to, to recognize that that's, that's what you want. So like, like my older, like one of my children, you know, I'll hear him say, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what I ought to do. What what do I want to do? What I should do? But this happened and, and maybe that's God speaking to me. So I'm, what I want is when they get to be 18 or 19 to begin to say, okay, God wants to speak to me. So ask the question, are you trying to say something to me? You know, and then go to your parents and say, what do you think about this? And have that kind of built into the way they look at it, that God is a God that intervenes. God is a God who wants to communicate. So that's how you kind of help. You got to help them make those connections. And then you got to encourage them to say, well, have you asked God what he wants of you? I remember my mom doing that to me. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it, again, it, you're helping them to see what that might look like. We are that visible sign um, of that invisible God and he is unconditional love. He is mercy and he is also justice. And, um, you know, we need to, to remember that that's, you and know, I, and a I big think, role for us. I think parents. it is important for them to, it's important for us to not just have them know the stories from the Bible, but to know that that same God who's part of the Red Sea, who helped David kill Goliath is acting in our lives. Mm-hmm. So he's faithful to those who seek him. He will, he rewards those who seek him. So just know that you're supposed to seek. So again, faith, make sure to pray, make sure to read, watch and tell stories, and then help make those connections between faith and life. So 
Absolutely. And I think that we ought to just go ahead and use um, our Hebrews as uh, Hebrews um, 11.1, if I can didn't mark it here. Here we go. Um, or yeah, 11.1 as our memory verse. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. So let's go and live our faith for our kids, um, in front of our kids, with our kids. And remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless. Pray for us. We're praying for you.